And welcome back to part two of our podcast this morning. And we are delighted to welcome to the programme Pat Kenny, who is the president of the Father Willie Doyle Association. Good morning, Pat, and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good morning. Great to talk to you, Pat. And uh, actually, it's a welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we had you on uh, on Sacred Space back in 2017 when you had brought out, I think you'd brought out a book at that stage. That's right. And if you were to ask me when that was, I would have said it was about two years ago. So that's how, how quickly time goes. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a book called To Raise the Fallen, which was a selection of war letters, prayers and spiritual writings of Father Willie Doyle, the famous uh, Jesuit military chaplain of the First World War. And it is the re- and it is that same man that we are bringing you back to speak to us about this morning, because when you were on to us at that stage, we were telling people the story of this, this of this wonderful man, a brave man, and uh, things have progressed ever so slightly in terms of life ecclesial since then. And of course, with the big news in uh, November, October in 2022, with the official opening of the cause for his canonization. That's right. I mean, that was a great event and, and great news. And in fact, it's the first time that a, a cause has been opened in Ireland since 1996. Frank Tuff was the last time a cause was, was open in Ireland. And of course, many people have worked and prayed to see Father Willie Doyle's cause open. So it's a, it's a great joy to me um, and a great joy to many people, both in Ireland and around the world, to see Father Willie's cause being opened. And it's also historic for another reason. And that's that the Father Willie Doyle Association is the official petitioner or the official actor, it's called, uh, behind the cause. So it's the association that's responsible for promoting it for uh, paying the bills as well and for for, uh, getting it through the various processes involved. And it's the first time a lay association has been formed to do that in Ireland. Normally it's a religious order, it's a diocese or a parish, whereas in this instance, it's the Father Willie Doyle Association and it's being done through the Diocese of Meath. So we put in a formal petition to the Diocese of Meath to open the cause. And uh, thanks be to God, Bishop Tom Deenan has agreed to do that. So, yes, indeed. Now, uh, but obviously, getting back to the the, 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 the the kernel of the matter, of course, at the centre is Father Willie Doyle himself. And I suppose, uh, Pat, for people that may not have heard about him before, could you give us a small bit of an introduction? Yeah, so Father Willie Doyle was born 150 years ago this year uh, in 1873 in March. And he was born in Dawkey. Uh, he, he was the youngest of seven children. Uh, grew up in a fairly comfortable uh, late Victorian family, um, but he was renowned from an early age for his uh, charity towards the poor, his kindness towards others. He entered the Jesuits in 1891 and was ordained in 1907 alongside Blessed John Sullivan. And he spent the first seven or so years of his time as a priest on the Jesuit mission team, which meant that he travelled around Ireland and also the UK to a certain extent, preaching missions and retreats. And in fact, interestingly, he was based in Limerick when he was doing that. That's the Jesuit house in which he was he was based. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a number of best-selling pamphlets about the priesthood and about religious life. And he was fairly well known uh, when the First World War broke out. Um, and at that point, he volunteered to be a chaplain. He was ex- he volunteered in 1914, accepted in 1915 and went over 
uh, and was with the men uh, at some of the major battles, the Battle of the Somme, the Battle of Messine Ridge. And finally, he was killed in the Battle of Passchendaele in August 1917. And there's a few interesting points about that. Number one, he was trying to rescue Anglican soldiers from Northern Ireland when he was killed. So that kind of marks him out as, a, as an ecumenical martyr of charity that he laid down his life to save these men. He also laid down his life in reparation for the sins of priests. Uh, we find that's one of the very last things that he wrote in his, his diary. He offered up all his suffering and even his life itself in reparation for the sins of priests. So there's a lot of very topical aspects there. Um, after he died, his private papers and diaries were found back in a in a house, in a Jesuit house in Dublin. And those who read it were really stunned at what they read because what it revealed is that he was a mystic. He lived a life of incredible holiness, incredible prayer, incredible self-denial. Um, he would spend all nights in prayer, even in the war, in the trenches, when he, he could have been could have been resting. Uh, so the man that was absolutely tireless in, in his work uh, and his care for others. A famous biography was written about him in, I think it was 1920, that it was published just a couple of years after he died. Uh, that was translated into a lot of the major languages of the world, and it inspired several canonized saints, including Mother Teresa of Calcutta, uh, who was influenced by Father Willie and other saints as well. And by the early 1930s, the Jesuits in Ireland had received over 6,000 letters alleging favours through Father Willie Doyle's intercession. So there was a really major devotion, indeed a global devotion, because those letters came from almost every part of the world. So that's a, a very, very brief summary of his story. And uh, I suppose it jumps forward 70 or 80 years now to the point at which his cause has been opened. And Pat, can I ask a question? What prompted your own interest in the story of Willie Doyle? Yeah, so a friend had recommended I read the original biography of him, the one published in 1920. It was written by Alfred O'Reilly. And when I read the book, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm not a historian. I had no particular interest in the First World War. But I did have an interest in saints. I have an interest in saints. I mean, I, I think it's really important for us to study the lives of saints because they're interesting both from an historical point of view, a psychological point of view, but also a spiritual point of view. And I think we can learn a lot, especially if they're well-written. They're not always well-written, of course, mm -hmm. but when they're well-written, they're, they're, they're excellent. And I was just blown away by this book. And I just thought to myself, well, you know, surely this man's cause has been opened. I've never heard of him. And I investigated and looked and his, his cause um, had never been opened. And uh, through a variety of, of circumstances, I ended up setting up a website about him. Uh, and then gradually I was invited to give talks about him, to, to give interviews about him. The opportunity to work on the book to raise the fallen came up in advance of his centenary in 2017. Uh, so gradually and organically, things have grown from there. And in terms of, I suppose, you know, looking at what you said from a historical, psychological and spiritual spirituality point of view, if we take each of those, you know, is there one thing you would say for each of those that maybe Father Willie Doyle presents to us in, you know, 2023 today? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if I take the spiritual thing, what I would say is that, look, we don't have time to go into his spiritual life, which would be, you know, one level very complex, another level very simple. I mean, there's a great depth there to his his spiritual life. He left a lot of private diaries and also a lot of writings and letters. Um, so in the various books and also on the website of the Father Willie Doyle Association, you can you can find a lot of that information. Um, and that website is willydoyle.org for anyone who wants to to look it up. 
Um, if I was to pick an aspect of his spiritual life, I would say it, it was generosity. He lived the virtue of generosity in an incredible way. And just two examples of that. Um, I mean, obviously, he laid down his life to save others. Fine. But, you know, what else did he do during his life? You know, we sometimes we realize, look, if we offer up our life, that, that suffering is over. It's kind of glorious and heroic. What, what other things did he do that maybe didn't draw attention and show generosity? So, for instance, on one on one night, he was in a dugout in the trench. There was a little hole in, inside of the wall of the trench with the doctor. And it's cold, it's damp. They didn't have anything on the ground. Uh, it's a horrible time of year. I suppose a bit like now in the middle of winter. And the doctor was sick with a fever. So they didn't have any blankets, didn't have anything dry to lie on the ground. And Father Willie Doyle lay face down on the damp ground and insisted that the doctor lay on his back so that the doctor would have somewhere warm to lie when he was sick. Now, uh, could I say I would do that? I'd love to say I would do it, but I I don't know that I would, to be honest. So to me, that's an incredible act of generosity and something I just learned because there's always so much more to learn about the man. I just learned recently uh, he he had 10 days leave from the war in, in June 1916. He was almost killed in April 1916 in a gas attack where he swallowed some poison gas. Um, but he survived, uh, but almost killed. And he had 10 days leave, uh, including travel time. So he had to get back from northern France back to Ireland. Probably took at least 24 hours. In the remaining time that he had, when he could and perhaps legitimately should have been resting at home and recuperating, he travelled down to Cork to give a retreat to a convent of nuns. And I don't know how long that retreat was, but it was at least three days and probably more. And that, you know, there wasn't a shortage of priests in those days. But that just struck me what incredible zeal the man had that when he was even on his break and his rest and well needed and well deserved, he was still out doing apostolic work. So um, that's that's an incredible testimony to to his, his, his generosity. On the psychological point of view, I think really important as well, because he had and he was 20 years of age, a nervous breakdown when the novitiate building went on fire. And uh, here you find him 20 years later, recognized by everyone as a hero. OK, and that's part of the historical thing as well. If you pick up any book about the Irish in World War One, almost certainly Father Willie Doyle is there because he was a major figure amongst the Irish involvement in World War One because he wrote numerous letters home to his father. And they're a really valuable first-hand account of what it was like for the Irish soldiers in the First World War. And uh, he won the Military Cross for his bravery. Uh, he was he was nominated for the Victoria Cross. So he was renowned by everyone for his bravery. And yet 20 years previously, he'd had a nervous breakdown when a building went on fire. So it's a story of remarkable transformation and remarkable hope at a time in our history when so many people, especially young people, suffer from anxiety, depression, uh, we have a greater awareness of mental health issues now than we had in the past. Um, and I think that's another really important contemporary point about Father Willie. He's a sign of hope, but also an intercessor for those who maybe suffer from mental health anxieties and depression. I find it interesting, actually, that he was effectively a classmate of Blessed John Sullivan as well. And interesting that both of them were... Um, oh, sorry, did you say did you say that Willie was a convert from Anglicanism or he was born a Catholic? No, he was born a Catholic. Oh, he, was he was born, born a Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. Uh, John Sullivan was was the, mm. was the convert, but yeah, they were ordained together on the same day. That's an interesting one. Um, one of the things I find, I suppose, slightly um, sad in some respects, and I, I sent him to correction on this, Pat. But my understanding is we don't know where his remains are. Correct. Yeah, his body was never found. Um, 
we know approximately where where he was killed. Uh, there is a a a um, his mention in Tynecott Memorial uh, on a plaque there, but uh, we don't know where his body is. Um, I mean, it may have been discovered and buried in an unknown grave. We just we just don't know. What we do know, however, is is that so, some men found his his body after he was killed. They made a note of of where it was. They removed some buttons from his uniform and a pioneer pin that he was wearing, and they went back later on to retrieve the body, and it was gone. And so we don't know what happened in the meantime. It could be that some people found a body and buried it, and there's no record of it. It could be that it was hit by another shell and destroyed entirely. We 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 just don't know. Um, but it is interesting that we have those artifacts and we, our relics even now at this point. And we have other other relics, we have other items that, that he owned, uh, including parts of his, his uniform, his crucifix, etc. And one of the things we want to do at the Father Willie Doyle Association is to bring them around for people to see them. So we want to get out and, and travel around the country and give talks about Father Willie, introduce people to Father Willie, distribute our prayer card to Father Willie and our brochures and uh, let people see these these relics. And indeed, uh, for people to pray to him if they have needs, uh, if they need his help with anything. Um, certainly, there are people all around the world praying to him. Uh, every day, requests for prayer cards come in and we send them out around the world. Um, I mean, certainly a lot in Ireland and the UK, but certainly a lot in the US, Canada, South America. Uh, and even Japan recently, a request came in from, which was really interesting. Um, and reports of favours through his intercession as well. So we want to get out and meet people. Um, and if people want to be blessed by his crucifix, that's something we can we can help with as well. In terms of the process that's going to happen now, um, Pat, in terms of like, so in, in, in was it October, November, Bishop Dinan formally opened the process and from, you know, from Correct. the canonical point of view. And so what what happens next? So what happens next is... Um, his writings are studies, studied by theologians, his, his published writings. His All his writings are, stu- are studied by an historical commission. Mm-hmm. And then there's a tribunal within the diocese. And the tribunal, it's, it's somewhat simpler in an ancient case like this, where nobody is alive who knew the candidate. So if, if this had happened 50, 60 years ago and there were people alive who knew Father Willie, they would have to be interviewed. But there's nobody alive who knew him. Even uh, even within the Jesuits, no, not within, no, no one okay. alive, no okay. one alive. There are people alive who knew people who knew him, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no one alive who actually knew him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, some people will be interviewed, but it's a it's a shorter process with an older cause like this. Mm-hmm. And presuming all of that goes well, that the theologians approve of his writings um, and the historical commission and tribunal do their work, and it it gets approved and passes on from the diocese of Meath, then it goes to Rome. Um, to the Castri for the causes of saints, and at that point, a what's called a positio was written, which is a large and complex document detailing his life, his virtues, um, and that gets studied by another panel of historians and theologians. And uh, if they approve that, uh, and they agree that he lived a life of heroic virtue, then he is given the title of venerable. So currently, he's servant of God, Father Willie Doyle. Um, and uh, if he's approved, he will become venerable. And then it's a matter of waiting for a miracle. And if there's one miracle that's that's approved, he can be beatified, becomes Blessed William Doyle or Blessed Willie Doyle. And then if there's a further miracle after that point, he can be canonized. Now, this is important for Ireland because, you know, we have so many saints, uh, but a lot of them are ancient saints. And we have a lot of really holy uh, men and women of, of recent times 
but very few have made it through to be canonized. And in fact, only one Irish person has been canonized in the last four, five, six hundred years, and that's St. Oliver Plunkett. We have a number who've been beatified, Columba Marmion, the Irish martyrs, Edmund Rice, uh, John Sullivan, uh, etc. But uh, we have a lot of candidates, uh, but we're you know very determined to keep pushing Father Willie and encourage people to pray. And that's that's really uh, that's really the way to do it. You know, just pray for a miracle, report a miracle, report a favor if you get one. Go to the website. There's a lot of details there. WillieDoyle.org, and on that website you can also request prayer cards, leaflets. If you want to contact us, there's an email address there. We're happy to come and talk at any parish or conference. And also, if anyone wants to donate, because the process is not cheap and we have to pay for all of those costs, but we trust in, in divine providence to to help us to do that and trust in any listeners who want to help as well. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's a long and complex process. It's it's not quick, um, but we trust that this is what God wants because we've seen a lot of people roll in behind it and a lot of enthusiasm within the last couple of years. Indeed, as you said, there are a lot of causes and we've, we've covered those on, on the programme before, all the way up from, um, you know, Adele Quinn and Alfie Lamb up to yeah. Matt Talbot, Mary Aikenhead. Uh, yeah. There's quite yeah. a few out there and there another is. another one that will hopefully yeah. get pushed along yeah. now, of course, is yeah. the one now for Willie Doyle. And, um, and as you said, an interesting one. Um <clears throat> And, and I just just curious, uh, just curious, Pat. Given the connection with the with the the Irish Fusiliers, the Royal Irish Fusiliers, um, is there also a connection with the still with the the chaplaincy for the either the British Army or the Irish Army, just in relation to the cause? Yes. So I mean, there's a lot of interest there. He is the first uh, British Army chaplain to be proposed for canonisation. And uh, the head chaplain of the British Army was at the opening of his cause. And I know there's a lot of support there, along with a lot of chaplains of the Irish Army as well. Mm. So there's a lot of enthusiasm there. Um, the vocation of a military chaplain is is a unique one, but, you know, it, it's a very valid and very important one because the priest should be there when people are in danger. We go out to the per- priests, go out to the peripheries to be with people in danger. And that's really like the front line is is the ultimate periphery of danger mm-hmm. to be with men as as they're dying. Indeed. So we're very excited about this cause. And I know a lot of people, a lot of priests in particular, are very enthused about this cause because this is a man who, who offered his life in reparation for the sins of priests and did so much in his life to promote vocations. And if I might mention one other thing, you mentioned other causes. Um, later this spring, uh, there's uh, another book I've edited with Father John Hogan, who is the postulator for the cause of Father Willie Doyle. And it is a collection of biographies of every Irish person whose canonization cause is currently open anywhere in the world. That book is is coming out uh, later in the spring. Um, it's, it will be called Remember the Rock from Which You Were Hewn. So it'll be, uh, I think it's coming out in April. Um, and it also has another section of uh, biographies of people who could potentially have causes opened. I think I think in total there's 42 chapters, but we had to we had to really cut the number because we really have a strong heritage of, and, and they're all recent, you know, they're all within last 100, 100, mostly within the last 100, 150 years. Um, really inspiring people in that. We have, as you said, an abundance of witnesses and examples. And you know what, Pat, when that book comes out, you might come back to us and we'll have you on to talk it through again. It'll be, we'd be delighted to have you on the podcast. Love to do that. Yeah, perfect. Pat, thank you so much for a brief and a very quick introduction to Father Willie Doyle. As you said, <clears throat> excuse me, the, if people want to find out more information, they want to get involved in promoting his cause, they want to request prayer cards and notify of favours received, it is the Father Willie Doyle Association website. And the, the address again, Pat, is? 
willydoyle.org. Willydoyle.org. Willy and we'll also include that in the podcast or a link for those that want to link through. Pat Kenny, president of the Father Willie Doyle Association. We're delighted to have you on the podcast this morning and we hope to be talking to you again sometime in the near future. Great. Thanks a million.
Do not let your hearts be troubled.